everybody. We are Black in Business. My name is Justin Jackson, and I am here alongside my co-host, Brandy Permenter. While you're here, please subscribe to our podcast and leave a review. Also, please give us a follow on Instagram at blackinbusiness.jb. Welcome to our podcast. If you haven't checked out our last episode, please do. We had the amazing opportunity to speak to Kelsey Field, who's a white female ally of the Black community and Black Lives Matter movement. She was able to provide us with perspective on what it is like to be a white ally and have those tough conversations about race and racism. In this episode, we will dive into Justin's personal experiences on what it is like to be a young Black man, and especially how that has affected his time in college and his pursuits of a career in business. Through our conversation and Justin sharing some of his own stories, we hope to give some unique insight on the lives of young Black men. So Justin, if you could share with us some challenges, whether physically, mentally, emotionally, anything that really sticks out in your mind that you faced as a young Black man that you would like to share. Yeah, and I think that this stuff stems specifically from expectations, obviously. So having them either be too high or too low is what puts us in these in these boxes, you know, regardless of of race, just to talk about expectations for a second. And those obviously, you know, coming from your family or coming from people around you, um, put specific pressures on you to be better or, you know, at the bar that they expect. But when you throw on the aspect of being black, it makes it four or five times harder where you, you just look and at you know different scenarios and the different places that you're in and say okay how can i be perceived as better than the people who are looking at me and the people around me because if i'm not they're already going to look at me as less you know so having that mindset has always made me a really competitive person it's made me uh, always try to strive for more especially in areas where i may or may not need to mm-hmm. uh, i think a really big part of it is, you know, throwing things on my plate, you know, always saying yes to stuff, trying to get heavily involved. Um, So I think one thing that has been really taxing for me is the expectation of keeping up perfection. You know what I mean? So like when I look at anything that I try to, to do, I look at what other people are doing and I'm like, all right, I need to do four more times what they're doing or four times what they're doing. So would you say that expectations are one of the biggest things that you feel like you have to like fight against as you go through life? Yeah, for sure. I think that the expectations mainly come from my family, but when I look at what they want me to do versus the expectation that the world puts on me or that like the people around me. So, you know, you can kind of small scale it to my world, right? It's like, okay, well, all these other people can do what you do. What makes you special? Mm -hmm. Right. And if that's the fair playing ground, then cool, but it's not, you know what I mean? So like whenever I look at, like I can give college is a really good example. When I was, applying for schools, people were like, oh, well, you being a minority kind of helps because they need the diversity. And I was like, I guess. But at the same time, it's like, is that all you want to be known for? Is like, you're just the the next black kid that got into our school? Right. I never thought of it that way. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes 
a lot of people, even maybe even ourselves, we think, oh, they need diversity. So maybe that will give us a leg up. But then at the same time, you don't want that to define you like, oh, I got here because I was a diversity choice. So you also want to get in somewhere because of your merits. Right. And I think that 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 thought process kind of puts us at a at a disadvantage most of the time because you think, oh, they want me here because I add to diversity. But at the same time, that's all they'll ever think that you are is a diversity piece is a little chunk in our in our graph is why you're here. You know, you make our our business look a little bit better or you make this room look better because you're here. And that has been a huge part of my life for a really long time. And I think breaking that specific expectation has been really hard in a lot of different spaces. You know, you, you think to from like a work perspective, right? Um, I, I haven't faced any specific, you know, prejudice in that space, but my mindset based off of the things that people tell me based off of how it looks um, is like, I need to come in here and be more than just the black kid. You know what I mean? So uh, fortunately I, I get to work in intramurals, which is a great sports base. So everything is very sports driven and it's, it's more about what can we give and rather than who we are so that that space has been really helpful. Uh, however, working at other places or, or volunteering at places or, or, you know, just being in, in different collegiate spaces like clubs and orgs, it's like, oh, hey, we want you to be in this space because it'll, it'll look good. This picture will look good. Or, hey, we need a black kid on here. Justin is pretty educated and he speaks eloquently. So let's put him on in this space. And um, I think that being that, that pawn, for lack of a better term, um, is frustrating. But at the same time, I try to take pride in what I do so that it looks like or not even that it looks like, so that whenever they think of someone who's good at it, they think of me rather than we need someone who's going to diversify what this looks like. If you could also share with us if you have any stories about being a student athlete and being a Black male, especially since there's not a whole lot of Black males a part of uh, NSU athletics. So if you could share Mm -hmm. that with us too. Yeah, and I mean, this stuff goes back, we're talking about the Black aspect, that stuff goes back to high school, you know, Mm -hmm. when you're trying to find your space, like I played baseball for like nine years, like for a while. And, oh, you know, always getting asked if you play basketball or if you play football or if you do that. And I'm like, "Eh, such a, such a horrible stereotype. Like I, and to me, I have never seen, now I can say, yes, I've made my fair share of like, Hey, that kid plays lacrosse. Yeah. (laughs) But that I've had like people come up to me and ask me very serious questions of like, oh, so you must play basketball or like, or I just shouldn't say questions. I say assumptions of like, oh, you must play basketball. You're, you're long and, and athletic looking. So you must play basketball. I'm like, no, I don't never have competitively, but I guess, you know, so like that, that aspect when I was playing baseball was, was kind of a problem. Um, I don't think it had any effect on how, on where I ended up. In baseball, I got cut my sophomore year. Coach just says I, I wasn't good enough. I mean, it happens, right? So, I, but you know, you move into different spaces, and for me, it was a good thing, and I found trash. Uh, now, the problem that I found in in the track space was that it was, you know, that one was also full of assumptions and things, and how well you could do certain things, or 
if you were built to do certain things. And um, of course, it, it went both ways, like having white kids that, you know, line up on the hundred, you kind of make your assumptions. You're like, oh, that kid's not going to be fast. And then, you know, sometimes you're right, sometimes you're wrong, but there are specific problems that come with that because, you know, you're, you keep putting people in boxes athletically. It makes it difficult for people to succeed, you know? So assuming that they do these things, it makes, especially as a high school student, it makes you think that you're supposed to be doing these things, you know? So it's like, oh, I've, I've never been super good at basketball, but I've always, you know, when I was younger, had this thought process of, oh, well, maybe I, maybe I'm supposed to be, maybe I should be, maybe I should practice this some more, even though I was never even playing basketball, you know? So like having those, those things affect you mentally, but not really understanding why. Um, and I think being in, in track was really helpful because I got to be around more black people for a, a good show for like the second half of my of my high school athletic career which was nice because it was a it was a solid change of pace you know I was around a lot of predominantly Hispanic kids because you know living in Miami that's kind of how it goes but um being around more black kids I got more experience of what their life was like you know they were living in a lot of different tough scenarios um kids driving 45 50 minutes an hour to school um, trying to figure out how they were going to get rides back from track meets and just seeing what their life was like. Um, and I think that they have also seen what these boxes look like and um, seen it probably on a harsher scale because they don't have that the switch that I talked about earlier. You know, like they're very conformed to their spaces because that's that's all they know. That's the, that's just the space that they've been in. And obviously not that that's a bad thing, but it puts them at this slight disadvantage because they don't they don't get to be they don't get to be a part of those other communities because the people don't let them because they assume that these ghetto kids quote unquote and you know that they can't do the work or they can't be in the space together uh with them and it you know that's that's the sad part you know so it's like they assume that they have to do football they have to play basketball they have to run track in order to get anywhere else when they have plenty of other skills that are untapped and, and you have to be I think good that, at it too so right expected right and, and having having heard what they say you know things like oh well I've, I've just never been good at school when you know and it's it's not true like I, I've been in classes with them seeing them do things but people tell them that they can't do something um or that they are pushed back because someone says they can't do something and you know seeing those experiences really put into perspective how important it was that my parents taught me the you know the switch and you know at first you think that it's not really like that right like when you're younger you're just like oh like this is me like this is just what i'm doing but you know you're taught to speak a certain way you're you learn um your mannerisms you learn how to greet people how you talk to adults and all these other different things when in reality, it's prep to be in these rooms that are going to be predominantly white, that are going to be, you know, in in your case, predominantly male. And being able to hold your ground, being able to make sure that what you're saying is heard, being able to prove that you're worthy of being in those spaces, when in reality, other people don't have to have those conversations and be in those in in that thought process all the time. So not only just expectations of what you're supposed to be or how you're supposed to act, but also having to make that switch of, hey, I am have to carry myself in this particular manner right. to 
feel like I fit in in this environment or that these people are going to view me as acceptable in this environment. Yeah. And I so, think that I just had a really great thought that from what your, your points were is that when I was applying to school, I had been so bred to be in those spaces, meaning predominantly white institutions or predominantly like predominantly white spaces that HBCUs weren't even in my brain. Like I've had, I had one family member. No, I actually have a lot. I shouldn't even say that. I'm disrespecting right now. I've had five family members go to predominantly uh, to go to HBCUs, and you know those things don't really click in your brain when you've been taught about all the pristine schools, right? You know, the, all the schools that have that that look, the names, um, the Ivies. And then from a sports perspective, the D1s, you know, the Power Five Conference schools, right? Obviously, there's no HBCUs in those spaces. So when you think about what schools you need to you need to go to to succeed, you know, you think, oh, I got I got to make sure I get into into a top whatever school. I got to make sure that I get into these other spaces. And, you know, it, it trickles down to my athlete friends at the, you know, the same point because they, they're not thinking that they can go to an HBCU and get to the league. You know, they're thinking that I got to go to a power five school so I can get to the league, so I can get out of here, so I can get my family out of here, things like that. You know, so when I'm. So even just the thought process of having to not only fit in in this, you know, environment and the experiences that you get put into, but also like I have to be there. I have to be in that mm -hmm. environment where it is predominantly white because that's the only way that I'm going to get ahead. Because if I am, you know, in an area that is predominantly black, you know, those, that's not very advertised of, Oh, this is going to help you get to the next step right. or help you get to the next stage right. in the same way that predominantly white institutions are or colleges, universities, all of that. So no, yeah, I get it. Well, thinking about athletics also brings up, you know, my college career athletically. Uh, and I think that, Running for Nova has been a very good experience overall, right? I mean, being an athlete at a division one, two, three school has a countless amount of perks to it. Um, but understanding that I run for a predominantly white, and when I say predominantly, it's literally everyone, but one full-time, an assistant coach and an interim coach. So that's, that's the department that we're working with and understanding that brought about again, this quote unquote poster boy feeling, right? So I have been to conferences, like I went to, you know, this is a great example. So track and field at Nova Southeastern University is not in the Sunshine State Conference. All the other sports are in the Sunshine State Conference. That's common knowledge for NSU athletes, right? However, I am a member of the Student Athlete Advisory Committee, and every year there is a conference, or I think it's every other year, there's a conference that we all go to, right? And you bring two athletes from every school in the conference. So I went to the conference with a softball player. And not only was I the only black person that was at the conference, 
but I'm from a team that is not in the conference. So when I look at that objectively, right, it looks like a poster boy move, right? So like right. understanding that the other schools probably aren't going to send a black kid because they don't have that many. Florida Tech just cut football the year before that. So they probably didn't have many anymore and men's track and field as well. Um, so you're looking at a lot of schools that are predominantly white, both within their teams and their administration. And that was my sophomore year. So I think that was like my first taste of like, okay, we have this kid here. So let's just send him over, you know? So I mean, no, I had a great time. It was a great experience. I learned a lot about SAC. I was put in a lot of great conversations and met a lot of cool people. But when I look at that stuff objectively, it's like, what are you really like? What are you really trying to get out of this? Right. And yeah, there could be a lot of different things that go into it, especially the experience. Like I, I love to help and I love to learn. Um, but when you think, when you think about these things and think about who you're putting in the forefront of these things, wouldn't you think that you'd br bring an athlete that's actually going to see these other athletes at some point or another, like through yeah, competition, like part of the conference. Yeah. um, because then that builds camaraderie, it builds togetherness and it builds everything that you think that a conference would want. And not that I, I guess I'm still in contact with some of those people today, but from that's from my own doing right that's not from like competition it's not from me going to their schools it's not from anything like that whereas they have that luxury to do that with other people because they're going to those schools to see those people and, and compete against those people right so athletically i've definitely felt that i've been put in positions to succeed however i think the administration also tries to capitalize on its little pieces of blackness if they can when in reality we don't really have those that many spaces you know what i mean we don't we just can't uh operate like that you know like we, don't, we just don't have that many so i mean if that's you know i don't like to think that people have angles like that but obviously the way that the world works is it, it it's just you know how whatever looks good right so and it looks good to have black people as the poster child or to go represent the school or whatever they need representing at. Yeah. And I think that that kind of bubbles over uh, socially as well. You know, like if I'm looking at my, my social group and what that looks like for me, you're just hanging around people, you know, you get the, the, the term passed around the, to the token black friend and that obviously stems from the TV shows with like, you know, the token black kid and all this other stuff. Mm -hmm. But that stuff is real, like every single day, you know, it's like people always, I don't want to, I don't want to say that they're like throwing things at you because they're really not. It's just like them trying to be comfortable around you and make sure that they're, you know, not being too offensive or anything like that. And, you know, you get to a point where you're just like, this isn't like you shouldn't be like if you have to ask me if it's okay it's probably not so like think about that and like is this how is this how my friends are acting when i'm not here like is this how they actually feel is this like what kinds of things go into that and you try not and i think i yeah, think right. that's something that's not just 
for black men but even just for black people in general if you're around people who aren't black and you know the conversation comes up or some comment is made it's just that not that same level of of comfort really when you're with other people who are black so when you're with a group of black people obviously like you're not talking about being the token because it's not but when you are that token black person or one of few then it's like you have to in some instances flip that switch and act accordingly because you can't act maybe the same way you would have if you were around you know people of your own race right and i think that i get caught up in it sometimes and like i think that it will sometimes get mixed up and like you don't really want to you really don't want to do it uh just because like it's just like a lot of work and i don't want to say it's a lot of work but it's, it's a lot of brain power you know it's like it's part of you it eventually becomes part of you but at the same time you're like it's this really not the time like I don't, i'm not really trying to do that and at the same time though other people don't have to right like, so to say they don't have to you. do it to be accepted it's yeah them, right and like it always falls on you to do that to become accepted in, in groups and i think that a lot of young black men understand that especially going to predominantly white institutions you see it like all the time in almost every space is like i've you know you you see people have conversations about the quote-unquote ghetto black kids or about the kids that used like the hood kids that used to run around in their high at their high schools or things like that and when you hear those things you know you get kind of put in a position where you're like all right well should i say something do i not say something because like that's their life and it happened before but like is that their perspective like how can how can i shift that and that's the other thing is that you kind of when you're the you know when you're the black kid it's like oh well now i kind of feel responsible for shifting that mindset and shifting how they think about this group of people when they had one specific experience and they think this is how all people operate you know so like that's also a heavy weight is you know understanding that and not trying to make that your responsibility but at the same time making sure that your friends are people that have the same views that it, and i mean at the end of the day educating the people that you're going to be around yeah so to like kind of bring it back a little bit to like business and school and professionally and all that but so how would you say you feel about you know we're about to graduate and you're going to soon be entering the business world how do you feel about that and in being a young black man or have you already faced some challenges that you've had to overcome or faced when trying to you know be professional and enter the professional world yeah i think that there's a lot of really rational things that that i think about on a regular basis when it comes to my race in the spaces that i want to be in obviously wanting to work in sports and being black isn't the worst thing in the world but when i think about the things that i want to do uh then it becomes a little bit more of a gray area right like i want to work in college college athletics administration right that's like the big goal at the end of the day is i want to be an athletic director at a power five institution and you know you run down the list and there are very few black ad's in the country like let alone the board, let alone power five conference yeah and 
breaking those those ceilings is something that always festers in my mind because it's like do people think that i can do this job at that and not is it because i'm black or is it because and like people people always hear us say that is like obviously when you know when you're in high school that's like a joke it's like oh is it because i'm black Mm -hmm. but like realistically that's a thing that we have to think about all the time and if that is the case then i need to make sure that i have that switch and i'm under like i can be in that space so that they don't think about it anymore you know and i think my mom has is a really good example of someone who's who's been in those spaces because she works for college athletics at the university of miami and she understands what that space looks like um just like from a black person perspective of like being in a room full of white people and trying to get your message across and be as connected to them as you can when you're not like them, you know? So, and I think black people in general kind of, you know, it's hard to fight the stigma of like, if we are too outspoken, then it's aggressive, but it's like, we still need to get our point across. So that could be difficult to try and figure out how to do that when you're in a professional world and you need to speak up and say something, but you don't want to come across as too aggressive or too assertive. Yeah. And I think that being in that space, uh, any, any business space and being passionate about something will constantly and often get confused for aggression coming from a, a black man or a black woman. It, it is a really important thing to, to recognize from who we are, you know, just being like, okay, being mindful of what we're saying, making sure that our point is getting across, repeating things constantly because people try to run past your point because they want to prove that they're right, regardless of if that has to do with your race or not. But, you know, it happens, it happens to all the time of like someone trying to go over your head and like say something to belittle the thing that you said. And I think that a lot of the time people think that we're hypersensitive to using, oh, it's because we're black. But when in reality, there is an underlying thought that it is like it, it is because we're black and like they don't, and obviously if you ask someone, they're not going to tell you that it is like I, I don't think anyone would, but or anyone that I would interact with. But when in reality, you get in those spaces of like, who am I comfortable with? Right. And if your white boss is more comfortable with other white people. They're going to get uncomfortable when you try to push a little bit, when you get aggressive, when you get really passionate, when you feel like you're trying to get your point across, you know, they're going to get uncomfortable if you find yourself in a space where you need to give them a real talk about what you're experiencing or what you want to do or what you're trying to do, you know? So understanding that space is super important for anyone that's black and that's the problem is that we have to understand the space to be successful in the space and obviously there are exceptions when you have people who blow people out of the water right like entrepreneurs that come up with amazing ideas and they get the investments and they get businesses that like pop off right those yeah, those exceptions or people who have skill sets that no one else has those people are exceptions but when you have people that are trying to go through business the traditional way of grind from the bottom up that becomes stuck in the systemic issues that exist through business and 
seeing if we can be relatable with our white coworkers, be relatable with our white bosses and be taken seriously by our white coworkers and bosses. And that worries me constantly because I think that there are countless topics that we won't be relatable on. And that could cause discrepancy between the two of us. And it's like, man, if that relationship gets tarnished in any way, then I'm going to get set back like eight steps, you know? So always trying to make sure that we're, we have that, that business mind ready or I, and that's the problem is I have to call it that, you know what I mean? Like I have to call it the business mind when it's really just like, I have, I'm trying to just get the job done, you know? And that causes that that in and of itself is the issue and i think it's important that that you know we bring it to light and help people understand that i shouldn't necessarily have to conform to whatever it is that you're doing you know what i mean yeah no i totally get it and so thank you justin for sharing some stories and hopefully people are able to get some perspective and understand a little bit what it is like to be a young black man in America and especially one that is hoping and trying to get into the business world. Thank you guys so much for listening. Don't forget to subscribe and review our podcast. Also, please remember to follow us on Instagram at blackinbusiness.jb. DM us and comment on our pictures to let us know what you guys think. We love your feedback and continued support. Please continue to be a part of the conversation and share it with your friends and family. Thank you again, and we are Black in Business.